listening to the Save the Marriage podcast. Your marriage can be saved and strengthened if you have the right information. Join Dr. Lee Bauckham as he explores ways for you to improve your relationship and your life, starting right now. Hey, this is Lee Balkum, and this is the Save the Marriage podcast, and I am the host of the podcast. I'm also the creator of the Save the Marriage system, and that system has been used by people around the world, by so many people who are working to save their marriage, even if their spouse is not wanting to work on it. That's one of the unique features of my program, that it helps you step into the process even if right now you're the one who wants to save it. But sometimes you have to start by facing the facts, and that's what we want to talk about today. But I want to bring up the facts a little bit differently than what you may think I mean by that. This came out of a call I was having with a client just yesterday. We were talking about her marriage and how stuck it felt, and she said, maybe I just need to face the facts that there's nothing I can do. And I know that she thought that things were over, but I saw lots of openings for her to move forward in a different way in her marriage because that's what brings people into this program. It's not that we're here to stop a legal process. It's here that we're going to rebuild your relationship. It's where we're going to create a foundation that allows you to have a loving relationship for the rest of your life. Not just stop a divorce, but save your marriage and restore it to where you want. And this person was telling me that maybe she just needed to face the facts that things were over. Maybe there's nothing that could happen. And I suggested we face the facts by coming up with a plan. So that's what I want to talk about today, this idea of facts as a way of thinking through this process. This comes actually from an approach that Gay Hendricks uses. Gay Hendricks is one of the old-time self-help people who is still helping people. He talks a lot about relationships, loving conscious relationships, and how to live consciously in the world. An approach he uses with clients, he refers to as facts. So this is how you save your marriage By taking these steps, the FACT step, F-A-C-T, and I'm going to tell you what those mean in just a minute. One of the things that I've noticed over time is that when people have a marriage crisis, they want to go straight into the save, right? They, They don't want to think about anything. They just want to jump straight into save. When I was a teenager, I took my first course in first aid. Uh, I never meant to be a lifeguard, but I went through lifeguard training because Well, I'd finished all of the swim lessons that were available, and there were still summers left in my high school years, and my parents wanted me to uh, keep taking swim lessons, so that meant uh, taking lifeguard training. So we had to do first aid training, and so we went and did the Red Cross first aid training, which walks you through what do you do when something happens. And one of the things I learned at that point is you don't just dive in. For instance... Using the lifeguard analogy, somebody is in the midst of a pool in trouble. You don't just dive in and grab them. Now, years later, as I continued uh, in life and and, in my, I guess, uh, nautical or aquatic career, and I got uh, my certification as a scuba diver instructor, um, I also took the first aid there. And one of the things we practiced was rescuing people. So when I was a teenager, we were pulling people out that were teenagers, not a lot of weight. 
As a scuba instructor trainee, I was rescuing people who were in full gear, as big as me, who were thrashing around with lots of equipment on. So one of the things that we learned was we had to stop and assess the situation. That's always the first rule in any first aid situation. You've got to stop and assess. If something is happening, you want to make sure that you're not making the situation worse or putting yourself at risk to make the situation even worse. And so the first thing you do when there is an accident is to stop and think about what's going on. Stop and assess. And the assessment is to make sure that you know the approach you're going to take because you know the circumstances around it. And this is true even when you're working to save your relationship. So instead of just rushing in trying to save things, you step back for a minute and you ask a couple of questions. The questions are, where is the marriage right now? Where is it? The second one is, why is it in trouble? And the third one is, what stage does that mean? Those are very important starting points. Probably every day, multiple times in a day, I get an email or a phone call and somebody wants a couple of tips or hints on how to save their relationship. And I constantly have to say the same thing. I don't believe in tips and hints. I believe in an approach. I believe in understanding what happened. This is kind of like when I was a teenager, you remember Rubik's Cubes when they came out? You probably don't, but I do. When Rubik's Cubes came out, you know, they were everywhere all of a sudden. And so we would work on fixing them. And I would just sit there and twirl it around trying to just diving in, right? It would mix it up and I would dive in trying to figure out how to get those colors on the right side. And I was only moderately successful. But a friend of mine down the street went to the bookstore, bought a book on how to solve the Rubik's Cube began to understand the mechanics of that Rubik's Cube, began to understand the logic of moving it around and how to move those pieces together and the tricks that would help him do it. Well, my friend could solve the Rubik's Cube. I never was able to do that very much because I, I never studied that and I didn't have you know the, the brilliance that might have allowed me to do it without any assistance. He understood how that cube worked. So I couldn't just say to him, hey, give me a hint on how to do this. Because the hint is this, turn it around until all the colored sides line up. The reality is you've got to know some ways of getting there. Same is true with your marriage. If you just jump in trying to do everything, taking any hint or tip from wherever you could find it, things are going to get worse because you haven't stepped back and asked the questions. Where is the marriage? In other words, you know, what's been going on in the marriage up until now? How did you get to here? How did you walk into the situation? And then why is it in trouble? What are the circumstances that created the trouble? What do you keep hitting that same place? And the final thing is what stage? In my work with couples, I determined that there are eight distinct stages that a relationship crisis can be in. And yeah, there are some gray areas in between, but basically we can look at that as I talked about in my last episode on how to grade the situation, how to grade the crisis, figure out where that crisis is, not where the marriage is, but where the marriage crisis is so that we can begin to move forward in a way that makes sense based on that stage. So today is kind of the follow-up of that of what do you do it? How do you face the facts? How do you move forward and understand what's going on in your relationship so that you 
have a solid foundation to work from. So let me tell you what face the facts means. Fact stands for face, accept, choose, and take action. So let's start with face. One of the things that often happens is that people really don't want to look at what's going on in the relationship. They know they want their marriage to be better, but they don't want to look at what's really going on. They don't want to look at the crisis that's there. And the first step is to face it. My analogy in the last episode was talking about cancer. You, know, you might feel a lump or see a spot on your skin or, or know that something's not quite right, but you don't go to the doctor. You don't really want to know what's going on. You don't want to face it. But in order for us to ever move forward, we have to face it, to look at it and say, wow, this isn't where it needs to be. On a regular basis, I'm talking with people who tell me that their marriage was great until a month ago, a week ago, a year ago, two years ago, whatever it is, it was great up until then. And what they don't recognize is that the seeds of their current situation were already beginning to germinate, were already beginning to take hold. They're already choking out the connection and the relationship. The seeds were already growing. The weeds were already there before. And so part of what they weren't noticing was all the problems that were coming into the relationship earlier on. So they mark something, a fight, a crisis, something that happens. And they say, that's when the marriage got in trouble. That really was a tipping point. And what's important is for us to face what's going on in the relationship and say, this is where it is. This is what's going on which is very similar to the second stage, which is accept. Now, one of the things that I often find is that people have a misunderstanding of what acceptance really is. Back when I was a chaplain, we had this idea of grief that people had to move all the way through until they get to acceptance. And if you're familiar with the stages of grief, you start with denial. Now, denial is kind of like what happens when you're not ready to face it, right? But denial is pretending like nothing's going on acting like everything's going to be okay, no matter what. And then you move through the other stages and those stages of bargaining and depression and, and, and also of anger is followed with acceptance. But what often comes out of that is that people believe that acceptance is, is kind of like resignation, giving up. If they accept what's going on, they've given up. Really, acceptance is saying, I accept where things are. Right now, I have an acceptance of what's going on. It's not resignation. It's recognizing the need for change. It's recognizing the truth of what's going on. You can't ever start until you get to that stage. So many times when people talked about getting to that acceptance level, let's say with cancer, that then gave them the, the choice of what do they want to do now? How do they want to move forward given what's true about this? It's a point of reality. If you're going on a trip, you need to know where you are now before you look at where you're going to get to. So if you decided that you were going to take a ride across the, the country, you need to start with where you are. You can't pretend that you're somewhere else. And acceptance is saying, okay, this is really where we are. We really are in a crisis. We really are at this stage. We really are at this point. Now that we're at acceptance, 
then we get to that next level, the sea of choice. So what am I going to do? The first one is to orient yourself towards the fact that the marriage is in trouble. The second one is saying it really is at this level of trouble. So this, it's kind of the dawning. You, you face something, you go, oh, okay, this is where I am. Acceptance is this is exactly where I am. Now I know what stage I'm in. Now I know what happened, what's caused this, where the troubles are. And now I get to the place where I get to make a choice. And the choice is around what you're going to do from here. It occurs to me that those are, there are three choices to choose here. You can work, you can walk, or you can wait. All three of those, work, walk, or wait. Work on things. I'm going to dig in, right? I'm going to figure out what's going on here. I've talked with people this last week that told me they were spending four, five, six, seven, even 12 hours a day focusing on reading and podcasts and listening to advice about marriage. They are at the place of work, and I would say overwork. There's a a possibility of getting so focused on the marriage crisis that it becomes almost an obsessive quality, which is often overpowering to the other person. But at least they've chosen to work on things. And that really is that point of work. I'm going to work on this. I'm going to focus on this. I'm going to give it my all to get this to where it needs to be. So you can work. You can walk. You can either end the marriage or wait for your spouse to end it. Just walk away from it. Just say, okay, I'm not going to do anything. I give up. The other option is to wait. And that often happens when a spouse is not willing to actively work on the relationship. It's not actively trying to move forward. But there's no attempts at dissolving the relationship, no attempts at divorce. Now, waiting doesn't mean that you're doing nothing. You can wait and work on your own self, work on your own understandings, do things behind the scenes, trying to get ready for your opportunity to move forward. So when you hear me say wait, it's not the same as doing nothing. It just means that you're not actively trying to engage your spouse. So those are your three options. You can work, walk, or wait. And any of those three options are available to you at any time. One of the things that I've said over and over is I'm not the person to tell you to work on it. That's your choice. I'm also not going to tell you to walk. I'm also not going to tell you to wait. But I'm going to encourage you to think through which of those three spaces you want to be in. And then whichever three of those three you choose, if it's to work, you work on it. You commit yourself to that, figuring it out. If you wait, you're waiting for the shift. If you decide to walk, you're not going to listen to me anymore anyway. So those are your three options. Are you going to work, walk, or wait? If you've decided to work or wait, then you need to figure out what that's going to look like. You've chosen your path, and that brings us to the T, take action. What's your plan look like? How do you want things to move forward in this process? My process is centered on three different C's, I call them, the three C's of saving your marriage, connect, Change, create a new path. That is the piece of the puzzle of taking action. Any plan to save your marriage, and I do find it important to have your plan, 
needs to have those three pieces. How are you going to work on rebuilding the connection with your spouse? Now, let me pause here and say, if during the choose piece, you're at a wait point, you may be doing minimal connecting with your spouse. It's not the same as having no connection, but you want to make sure the connection that you're building doesn't crowd their sense of space. Because if you invade their space, they'll push you out. So connection as part of your plan can be a minimal level of connection or it can be a lot more connection depending on where your relationship is and how much it can tolerate and how much your spouse is willing to tolerate in that process. Connection with your spouse is important for one very important reason. Connection is the lifeblood of your relationship. Until you have connection in your relationship, your relationship is going to be in trouble. It's what nourishes the relationship. It's what keeps it going. So connection is a central point. That is what we as humans do with other humans. We connect in so many different ways. I talk about some of these pieces in my book, How to Save Your Marriage in Three Simple Steps, but connection happens on three different planes, physical, emotional, and spiritual. Notice we're building out this three-step process. So first, you can work, walk, or wait. And if you're going to work, you need to have your plan following the three C's of connecting, changing, and creating a new path. And as you connect, you're working on it from a physical, emotional, and spiritual standpoint. You'll notice that this is a step-by-step-by-step understanding. You want to make sure that you have actualized those pieces. How are you going to connect physically, emotionally, spiritually, in ways that respect the space that your spouse is demanding? And we all have a different level of space that we're wanting in life. And when your spouse is feeling disconnected, they may be wanting more space than you're comfortable with. And guess who gets to set the standard for that space? Not you, but your spouse. You want to live within that because if you push against it, you'll get more pushback. So the second thing of change is changing yourself. And I'll be the first to tell you, I am not saying that there is anything wrong with you, but I am affirming the fact that we as humans all have places where we can grow and change, where we need to grow and change. And this is your place of saying, this is my point where I need to change. I need to grow. I've missed some places in life. We all do that. As adults, most of us close off our growth understanding. And I'm trying to bring that back because most of us have places where we need to step into more growth, more change to get to a better place. The third point on your plan is to create a new path. That's building the we as I talk about. Seeing yourself as part of a we. The fact is that most marriages that fail never manage to get to that place of being a we, never manage to hold on to that sense. We starts with a you and a me at the beginning of the relationship, and there's you, there's me, then there's you and me, and if you don't cross over to we when you get married, it becomes you versus me. The struggle ensues. Instead of seeing it as a team, we're a unit, we're we're one in, in many areas. You see it as the opponent, someone to fight against, to push against, to struggle against. 
So those are the three pieces of taking action, of having a plan to work to connect, to change yourself and create a new path. That's how you face the facts. The fact of face, accept, then you choose, and then you take action. That's how you begin to move yourself forward. And this is the method that many people can find throughout their life. It's not just in your marriage, but everywhere in life you find yourself stuck. Face it. Find what's going on by facing the situation. I'm sorry, fact it. Face, accept, choose, take action. Every place you're stuck, there is a fact. In your marriage, that's one of the areas that you may decide that you need some outside help. And that's where you might visit me. Come to savethemarriage.com and grab my system. I give you the tools, the understanding, the help to get through that. If you're stuck on what it means to connect, what it means to be a team, what it means to be a we, I can answer that for you. I can talk about how you can move that back together. But you have to take the first step. It's a simple one. Just come visit me at savethemarriage.com. Savethemarriage.com. Grab my system. A few clicks of your mouse and you will have the system in your hand. And while you're there, grab the free week of VIP that I have for you so you get extra tools that you can use, including a fill-in-the-blank plan. I talked about how important that is. Including a training on how to create your apology letter that can point to the places where you need to make some changes, but you also can clear the air and begin to rebuild from there. I have tools on how you can connect with someone without crowding their space. All of that is there for you for free in that free week of VIP. And if you go ahead and claim that, if you go ahead and claim the system on your download page, you can also request your free best start session with one of my coaches. It's no obligation to it. We just want to make sure that you have your best start. You just go to your download page, click on to the request for coaching button and fill out a little information. We'll be in touch. But the starting point is simply pointing your browser to savethemarriage.com. Let's get started. Let's face this and figure out the fact of what needs to happen. This is Lee Balkum wishing you the best as you work to save your marriage. You've been listening to Save the Marriage Podcast. For more information and help, please visit us at savethemarriage.com. Thank you.